0: Hello, you're listening to a special episode of Teacher Magazine's Global Education Podcast. I'm Rebecca Vukovic. The Programme for International Student Assessment, more popularly referred to as PISA, measures how well 15-year-olds are prepared to use their science, reading and mathematics skills in real-life situations. More than half a million students from 72 countries and partner economies took part in the 2015 test cycle, and the results have just been released. The Australian report, PISA 2015, a first look at Australia's results, from the Australian Council for Educational Research, doesn't make for pleasant reading. Dr. Sue Thompson, ACER Director of Educational Monitoring and Research, and lead author of the report, joins me to discuss the results. Dr. Sue Thompson, welcome to Teacher Magazine. Thank you. As with the 2015 TIMS results, that's the Trends in International Mathematics and Science Study, released the week before PISA, a lot of the headlines are focused on who's beating who. We'll look at the international comparisons in a moment, but I want to start with Australia's performance over time. For me, one thing that really jumped out of your report was that while Australia's average scores are declining in all three domains, that's scientific literacy, reading literacy and mathematical literacy, the, pro- the proportion of low-performing students is increasing. Given that these tests are for 15-year-olds, some of whom are about to enter the workforce, what does this mean?
1: Well, what it means is that in, according to the OECD terms, these kids aren't really well-prepared well for uh, life and work if, if as it was in the 21st century so they won't they don't necessarily have the skills they'll need to succeed um, in maths and science or uh, the skills in reading that they'll need to be able to, to participate completely in in life
0: mm-hmm. and we've also got a problem at the other end haven't we the proportion of high-performing students is declining and again a big chunk of those 15 year olds will progress into further study
1: that's true Um in all three subject areas the the proportion of students at that high end of the distribution has de- has decreased in some uh, areas more than others and that is a concern because it also means that we're preparing uh, fewer students to go into maths and science teaching so we have fewer people who are who are going to be capable of going into teaching and teaching those subjects
0: mm. You've also analysed the results in terms of student background. There are some big disparities there, particularly between Indigenous and non-Indigenous students and those from high and low socio-economic backgrounds.
1: Those are, I think, the the most important differences that we see both in this report and in the TIMS report, but probably more starkly in this report because it's measured differently. Uh, The difference between Affluent and poor students is around three years of schooling, equates to about three years of schooling in each math, science and reading, literacy. That is really, really very concerning. Mm Um, the one between Indigenous students and non-Indigenous students is also very large and very concerning. And the other the other one that goes in with those three is the difference between students in metropolitan schools and students in rural and remote schools. So if we have Indigenous students who are uh, from a low socioeconomic background, as we know about 55% are, that are living in rural and remote areas, they're, they're kind of three times behind the eight ball.
0: Mm. On to international comparisons. Singapore tops the rankings in science, reading and mathematics. Several countries previously on a par with or below Australia have recorded significant improvements in their performance and now they've moved ahead of Australia.
1: That's true. And so countries, uh, we we see New Zealand in reading literacy that were previously achieving at the same level as us that are now achieving at a higher level than us. The United Kingdom, which is previously behind us and is now ahead of us, so yes, that that will be that that is a real problem because not only are we moving backwards compared to ourselves, but other countries are also improving and doing better. Some countries aren't doing, uh, have also declined, but not as much as Australia has over this time. Mm.
0: Finally, then back to Australia, where do we go from here?
1: I think where we go from here is that we have, to, we have to take stock of what we're doing. Nothing's going to change unless we change the, the structural issues that are there. And to me, the structural issues that, that are there are those that, that we've highlighted in this talk. So low SES versus high SES indigenous students versus non-indigenous and metro versus rural and remote we have to look at ways to address those things and and try and improve the achievement levels of those students in order to lift the performance of the whole system and to do that we need to look at why those why those are occurring what we can do to stop them and and look at you know yeah. things like teacher uh, teacher output and things like that
0: mm. And your team is preparing the second PISA report on equity in education, students' science motivation and beliefs, Mm -hmm. and the school learning environment. You're also working on data from the PISA 2015 Cognitive Assessment, which included collaborative problem solving and another test students undertook on financial literacy. And I understand those reports are due to be published in 2017. Mm -hmm. It would be great to catch up with you again for an update. But for now, Dr. Sue Thompson, thanks very much for sharing your expertise with teacher. My pleasure. That's all for this episode of Global Education. For more on PISA 2015, check out the podcast transcript and related readings at our website, www.teachermagazine.com.au. To download all of our podcasts for free, visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or www.soundcloud.com forward slash teacher acer.